With the world becoming increasingly unpredictable when it comes to your family's health, proactivity is key. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit contains eight essential medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, and z Rest easy knowing that their chief medical team, including Dr. Peter McCullough, stand behind every kit. Visit twc.health slash Prager. Use the promo code Prager for an exclusive 10% discount. Don't take chances. Secure your family's health today with The Wellness Company. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Well, hello, everybody. I hope you had a good weekend. The Mondays come fast. And when I think about it, so do Tuesdays, Wednesdays, etc. I welcome you as we watch a major battle, the greatest battle since the Civil War in the United States. The visions of life are entirely polar opposites. There is nothing in common between a left and a right. Liberals and conservatives have everything in common, or virtually everything, but liberals vote for the left, and that is the reason for the calamity of our country. Liberal indoctrination, habit, weakness. That's it. Summarize in a moment, in a second. Liberals do not vote their values. U.S. agency proposes new LGBTQ advancements in foreign nations. You realize the United States is the greatest exporter of bad, of toxic ideas in the world. My beloved America. It is uniquely responsible for a moral, ethical deterioration on Earth. Of course, Putin is evil. China is is a terrible threat and its government is evil. But is anybody listening to Putin's ideas? Are kids being taught Putinism? Are kids being taught support the CCP? No, but they are taught that there's no such thing as male and female. In different places throughout the world, the U.S. Agency for International Development, USAID, I've known about this all my life, released new guidelines and recommendations for addressing and promoting LGBTQ, this is from the Daily Caller, programs in foreign nations. Some of these programs include appointing LGBTQ focal point leaders and aiming to support youth during their self-identification, self-identification in quotes. USAID plays a crucial role in agenda setting, promulgating norms. This is its own language. In agenda setting, promulgating norms and precedents, and encouraging multi-sectoral investments that support LGBTQI+, inclusive development globally. 
You know that leftists wrote this because it's, it's not comprehensible. I'm going to read that again. This is, this is, its, oh, this is its guideline. <laughs> USAID plays a crucial role in agenda setting, promulgating norms and precedents. Well, I never thought of that. I'd like to start promulgating norms and precedents. Do you know if I meet a stranger and the stranger asks me, and, and sir, what do you do? I will say I promulgate norms and precedents. I like that. But we're not done. In addition to promulgating norms and precedents and encouraging multi-sectoral investments, Multi-sectoral. It comes from the word sect, I presume. So many sectors, or, or sector maybe, sector. It's the adjective of sector. So, for example, that was quite a sectoral book I read the other day. Couldn't put it down. Does anyone know what multi-sectoral means? Sean is out today, so I will be picking on Zach a great deal. Please understand that, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> Zach uh, does not actually know what any of the buttons do, but he has a lot of good fortune in life. So we trust he will manipulate the proper ones. Just remember something, Zach. It's a multi-sectoral studio you're in. No, encouraging multi-sectoral investments that support LGBTQI+, inclusive development globally. So globally, that is what, that is what USAID, USAID was founded to aid countries. Now, like everything, remember, whatever the left touches, it destroys. That's, and the left is now destroying USAID. What does the average citizen in almost any country think of the United States now? This is an open question. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I know the answer. But people who are aware in other countries understand that intellectual idiocy, chaos is being spread by the United States of America. The USAID views pro-LGBTQ advancements as, quote, cause for cautious optimism, unquote, and claims that measures are needed to keep foreign nations from backsliding, according to the framework. Well, I opened up with a happy story for you. That is exactly what is happening. The United States is essentially alone in the modern world in being a democracy that has arrested the head of the opposition and a former president. If you want to talk about what is there, uh, hey, I'll use their own language. The Democratic Party is promulgating norms and precedents. That's what it's doing in arresting a president. Jonathan Turley and others. Jonathan Turley is a liberal. I'm, I'm not sure he even likes me. 
he called me a Judeo-Christian fascist about 15 years ago. So I'm, so I'm hardly citing a pal, but uh, he has written about the, the, essentially the absurdity and, and I would add to the evil of the indictment. By the way, why isn't the word, and tell me if I'm wrong, is the word insurrection in the indictment? No. So isn't that interesting? Don't they use the word, haven't they used the word since January 6th mm-hmm. of 20, what was it, 2021? Haven't they used that constantly? It's an insurrection? So wait, but it's not, it doesn't appear in the indictment? I'm going to double check that. It doesn't, Trump is not a, uh, a charged with Yeah, Trump is, Trump is not a charge. With, yeah, with, with the word insurrection. Yeah. That's, uh, how does one explain that? If, so what is he charged with? Promulgating lies? Mm-hmm. By the way, the clip you sent me that is being sent out by that uh, left-wing hate group, Media Matters, mm-hmm. I, I want to send them a thank you note. Yeah. If anybody watches that, it proves to, that is about as clear a proof of there being nothing in common between left and right, that a left-wing organization would send out, what is it, about a three-minute clip of me? Every word of which I'm proud of. And they send it out to show how bad I am. (laughs) The best, ladies and gentlemen, I will bring to you later in the show. The best, the best, the best, the best. The best is... I don't know why it's gotten, it happens and it's not explicable. Things get second and third lives. Like my appearance on the Bill Maher show had this massive millions and millions of extra views uh, about six months ago. And now Candace Owens, History of Slavery, five-minute video for PragerU, has had a new life. And I watched, I watched, it, it, it was it was one of the most instructive videos of my life, the two. A, a black American and a black African reacting to Candace Owens' history of slavery. And to their credit, listening and going, no, I can't believe this. What? Whites did not invent slavery? Why didn't anybody tell me that? We'll be back. What a Prager 776. <laughs> Gold dealers are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. What sets these companies apart and whom can you really trust? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. My choice for buying precious metals. When you buy precious metals, it's imperative that you buy from a trustworthy and transparent dealer that protects your best interests. So many companies use gimmicks to take advantage of inexperienced gold and silver buyers. Be cautious of brokers offering free gold and silver or brokers that want to sell you overpriced collectible coins, claiming they appreciate more than gold and silver. What about hidden commissions and huge markups? Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed always have your back. I trust this man. That's why I mentioned him by name. Nick's been in this industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build trusted relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com. 
the the number of amazing stories <laughs> that I have for you that give you an idea of what is happening in our country. New York Post. Kindergarten enrollment. It is good news. You see, I, I don't only bring you bad news, but I want you to understand, I don't search for good news. I admit it. I search for important news. Kindergarten enrollment rates among highest declines as families flee New York City's Department of Education reports. You saw this, right? No. No? New York Post. Kindergarten enrollment in city, that's New York City public schools, is plummeting as parents reject the troubled system. Uh, staggering 17%, that's a lot. Did you hear that number? 17% fewer kindergarten students citywide enrolled last school year than in 2016-17. The numbers dropped from 71,000 to 59,000 as of June. You're, that's the, that is a perfect way to combat what is happening in schools. Take your kid out. You should homeschool your child. I know it sounds like climbing Mount Everest. It isn't climbing Mount Everest. And once you embark on it with the help of so many homeschooling organizations out there, your relationship with your child will improve. Your child's happiness will be increased. They will actually learn things. They won't be taught that boys and girls are interchangeable. And for that alone, you shouldn't send your kid to most schools, including most private schools. You end up with the Brown University result. What is it, 40% of students? Is that correct? Almost half of the students at Brown University identify as LGBTQIA. That is not because they were, quote-unquote, born that way. It is because social convention has so changed. It went from, in the girl's case, for example, find a boy, get, make a boyfriend. And for the boys, make a girlfriend. Uh, Zach, find the 1950s song, Where the Boys Are. It's 60s. 60s? Yeah? It's from the 60s? Yeah. Okay, probably early there, 60s. There was a movie called Where the Boys Are. And it's from the movie Where the Boys Are? Yeah. See, who, who, who would I have next to me who would know that other than you? Who? I love that movie. You love it? When I was a kid, I just... No it. kidding? Yeah. Should I see it now? Uh, no, not really. Uh, who, who stars in it? George Hamilton. George Hamilton. Oh. Yvette Mignu. Was he uh, the Lyndon Johnson's son-in-law? I think briefly. Yeah, or, or, or boyfriend-in-law? Yeah. Okay. You got it? Yeah. Yeah, this is... This is, so what year is it? What year? 1961. 61. So I said 50s. Okay. This is what people heard when I was a kid.
like playing a song from Mars. All right, so you heard that this is, what did you say about Fort Lauderdale? The movie takes place in Fort the Lauderdale. The movie is in Fort Lauderdale? During spring break. During spring break? Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Where the boys are, someone waits for me. Someone to embrace me. If we played this at Brown University, there would be a massive exodus from the hall to safe spaces. It would be considered, uh, I'm not joking at all, people would go to safe spaces, protest, they would attack the DJ who played it, and it would be accused of heteronormativity, which is true, that's what it is. It's heteronormativity. Who's singing that, by the way? Do you know? Connie Francis. Oh, that's Connie Francis. Yeah. Oh, that's... She's in the movie, too. It's worth, it's worth playing periodically songs that are popular today. We should do that. What is it again? Billboard? Is that what uh, lists the most popular songs? Mm-hmm. Is it still doing that? Well, somewhere you could find out most popular songs. And that, that was a popular song in 1961. Boys were girl crazy, girls were boy crazy. Uh, wait, is it, where is Get Me to the Church on Time? What year is that? Well, that's from My Fair Lady. So. That's from My Fair Lady, so was it the 40s? Yeah, that's, but that, that that was, everybody knew that song. Get me to the church on time. I'm getting married in the morning. Da, 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 the bells are going to chime. And so on. I'm getting married in the morning. Get me to the church on time. You realize there are two forbidden subjects there singing about heterosexual marriage and mentioning the church. We, we don't want to upset young people with those two ideas. And they don't. We shall return. I'm Dennis Prager. was reading to you uh, about the uh, people leaving the New York City schools and the uh, this is a very good sign this is they're going mostly it's it's about charter schools it's not about uh, homeschooling i don't know how many have decided to homeschool i i admit to you that I am puzzled about why vast numbers of Americans who don't believe that there are more than two sexes or more than two genders send their children to a regular private or public school. Do you think your child will not be affected? Everything's been changed. That's Victor Davis Hansen's piece today in American Greatness. 
dissecting the dissection of our country. Hmm. On a completely different note, completely different, I'm going to tell you something that, again, I, I am saying things that I truly never believed I would say. And here's one. Oh, man. I I don't understand why they don't release the entire files on the Kennedy assassination. It's a puzzle to me. And now Biden has done the same thing. Biden's final order on the Kennedy files leaves some still... Wanting more. Yeah, no kidding. I, I, I'm one of them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to say to you. I, I was certain all of my life that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. And now there was, there was, there's been such a change in me because of the non-trust of my government. It's, it's a downer when you believe your government has been taken over by corrupt people. But why wouldn't it happen? We abandoned the notion that human nature is morally troubled. I'm putting it as mildly as I can. And as a result, we have not taught people to be good, to be honest. We have not taught them that. We have taught them to follow their conscience and follow their feelings, follow their heart. So we have not raised people who know that they have to battle their nature to be good. That's that's the whole kit and caboodle, as they used to say. I have no idea what a kit and caboodle are, by the way. I just know the phrase. It's like a stitch in time saves nine. I have no idea what that means either. But that is the whole issue. We do not raise people to be good. We raise them to be happy. They're not happy. That's that's the irony. We raise them to be woke. But we don't raise them. We raise them to listen to their feelings. A sure source of moral chaos and unhappiness. And we have the unhappiest young generation, especially young women, in American history, or at least since they have recorded levels of happiness. It's, it's really something. This is a New York Times article. And it is about how much is still un, un, unavailable to the public from the Kennedy assassination. I considered Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to be a kook most of my life. I now think he's one of the most honorable men in the United States of America in public life. People throw around the word conspiracy theorist like they throw around the word white nationalist or Christian nationalist or racist. I'm reading a 600-page book on just six years, 1916 to 1922 in Russia. 
if you substituted white, just white person, for bourgeois, the slaughter of those born into the middle class, they were the enemy. In America, if you're born white, you are the enemy. Very eerie parallels. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell at MyPillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You'll receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98 regular price, is $69.98, and just $10 more for a king size. You'll receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you had your eyes on. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio slash podcast square and use promo code Prager to receive this amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-761-6302. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee, it's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. So, go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 today. Hello, my friends. I think you will find my guest interesting, to say the least. By the way, the word interesting is interesting. People use it as a euphemism, usually for something bad. So how was your trip? Oh, interesting. It usually means it wasn't a good trip. <laughs> I mean, that's, it, it's worth analyzing the word interesting. Or how about this? So what do you think of, the, of so-and-so? He's an, an interesting person. Usually there's <laughs> something wrong with him. But I'm using interesting in the very real sense of the term. And he, many of you might well be familiar with him. He is extremely widely viewed around the world. Ali London. Is it Ali or Oli? Oli. Always, <laughs> by the way, always correct me if I make a mistake. <laughs> sure, thank you. Oli London, O-L-I London. The book is Gender Madness. When did it come out? Um, so it's actually out August 15th. So you're one of the first people in the world to get a copy, but um, it's coming correct. out very soon. Yeah. One man's... Now, listen, folks. Listen to the title and the subtitle. Gender Madness. One man's devastating struggle with woke ideology and his battle to protect children. Well, obviously, it's on my reading list. So, we have... I'm going to ask you a question. Is it painful for you to speak about your experience? It is, but I feel like I need to speak about it because there are thousands of thousands of kids that are, you know, transitioning, going through surgeries and hormones. So I think, you know, I, I need to speak up for them. Mm -hmm. At what age did you wish to transition? Um, so as a kid, I struggled with identity. I struggled with the way I looked, body dysmorphia. I had uh, questions of gender dysphoria, but it wasn't until adulthood that I actually transitioned and, and publicly came out as trans. But what as age was that? Um, so that was, um, I believed I was trans around age 31, and then I publicly shared that with the world age 32, when I was ready to share it. 
and you are now uh 33 so it was uh, quite a quite a recent journey at 25 what would you what did you feel um, at 25, I was a very confused individual. I had a lot of self-confidence issues. Uh, I lacked self-esteem. And I started undergoing surgeries to try and improve myself. And that may, may I ask what sort of surgeries? Well, I did a lot. So I did um, six nose surgeries in total, jaw surgeries, three eye surgeries, three facelifts, uh, gynecomastia, which is male chest reduction to remove the fat, and even like a nipple surgery because I really hated the way I looked and I was bullied as a kid. So I thought, let me try to change myself to find happiness. And, you know, obviously didn't work. And this began at what age? Um, so this began at age 23. I embarked on this journey to try and change oh, myself. This was not an issue when you were a teenager. It was, but I didn't uh, start surgery and surgically change no, myself. No, I'm, I'm mm. asking about the identity issue. Mm. So it was really around puberty. So around 12 to 13 when I started to change. And when I would go to school, I was always an outcast. I was very, very feminine. When I would go swimming, uh, people would, the kids would tease me, you know, that I looked like a woman, that I looked like I had breasts. And um, you know, I always used to get called insults like that. So it really made me question who I was and, you know, think that maybe I was born in the wrong body. But, I, you know, I didn't act on that until adulthood. By the way, I just want to note to my listeners that the meanness of your fellow classmates mm. and the uh, you don't even have to comment on this but I just have to say this because I have l- been on a lifelong crusade against the idiocy that human nature is basically good all you need to do to know how idiotic that is is look at how children act the cruelty of children is greater in most cases than the cruelty of adults. Mm-hmm. And, and just the, what they said to you and did to you is a perfect example. Now, what was your home life like? Um, so I had a good relationship with my mum, but my relationship with my dad was very, very strained. He was very emotionally abusive, manipulative to my mum, and he was always putting me down, making me feel worthless. You know, he tried to mould me in his image and make me become like a man like him, you know, doing camping, outdoor sports. And I just didn't want anything to do with him. So I grew close to my mum, and that's why I kind of developed more feminine traits. So I didn't want to be anything like my dad. See, that's important. Mm-hmm. The psychological etiology genesis of of a lot of this stuff so if you had experienced this now Mm -hmm. let's say you were now 14 would you have taken uh, hormone blockers yeah, I mean, I wouldn't stand a chance now. You know, I would have instantly been referred to a doctor, probably after one consult- consultation, put on puberty blockers and hormone replacement therapy. And that's what doctors do now. You know, after one or two consultations, these kids are pushed to transition. So I would have easily been, you know, a, a perfect candidate for these doctors to transition. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're battling against. Yeah, I think it's wrong. I think, you know, kids uh, don't know who they are. You know, they're discovering themselves as teenagers, so they shouldn't have doctors trying to diagnose them with something and tell them the only path to happiness is to take these hormones because it's not. Kids just are discovering themselves. They're teens, they're confused, and they're in a vulnerable state for impressionable... No, they're very impressionable, so adults can mould them in their own image and, you know, medically transition them. 
Would you say that you did transition for a year? Is that a fact? Uh, yes. So publicly I did. So I actually had the facial feminization surgery. So basically changing my bone structure, the way my face looked to make it appear more feminine. Mm-hmm. Do you regret having done that? I do. I mean, I'm left with a lot of scars and, you know, on my face, on my neck and, you know, even on my chest. And I have those scars, but I think they're a reminder. They remind me every day that, you know, I've been through something and I never want to go back to that position. But it also reminds me that, you know, I have a duty now to share this experience in order to try and prevent others from going down this path that, you know, led me astray and led me to become very, very unhappy with myself. So you did this when you were 31. Mm hmm. So if I met you when you were 31, would, would, you, would you tell me you're a woman? Um, so I always called myself a trans woman. So I always knew the distinction between, you know, biological woman and someone that's trans is because you can't change your sex, right? So even when I was... You knew that then? I knew that, but I knew, I, I believed I was a trans woman. And I believe, you know, I was born in the wrong body, but I didn't tell people that I was a woman because I knew I wasn't born that way, right? So I wouldn't use women's spaces, but I generally believed that I was a trans woman, you know, that I changed myself and I could identify in a certain way. But I knew there was a distinction between biology and gender identity. So I'm going to ask you a question that has haunted me and my wife, because we talk about this and I, uh, between us and, mm-hmm. and in the world. And uh, I appreciate that you are okay with any question and I'm asking this to understand, that's all. Mm -hmm. When you, first of all, when you transitioned, did you believe you were a woman? I mean, I have, I had different thinking back then to now. I was pretty woke in the sense that, you know, I didn't see the issues that were going on now. So I believe that I was born in the wrong body. And, you know, I felt that I had been cursed, you know, because I'd always felt more feminine. But, you know, even then I would not use women's spaces because I didn't think it was right. You know, I thought, you know, I may be born in the wrong body, but I just have to accept that I am a man, but I can look and feel like a woman and, you know, identify as a trans woman. But I, I did see a distinction at the which, time which sex did you date if you dated at all that year um so actually i didn't really date that year but like um men so it was more because i i always felt as a teen you know when i was you know growing up and questioning myself i always felt like inside that i was meant to be a girl so i was always you know attracted to men mm-hmm. and that remains the case presumably I mean, I've kind of changed. So I have dated women before. So when I was um, around 20 to 21, I did date women. And I am open to that idea now because, you know, I, I judge people at face value. So, you know, if they're loving, if they're loyal, I think that's their kind of important attributes. Would you would you say you're bisexual? Uh, yes, I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you hope to marry one day? Um, I would I would like to, you know, I would like which, to... Which sex would you like to marry? Um, or doesn't it matter? I mean, it depends on the person, but I would, you know, I would like to have a family one day. You know, I have two godchildren and, you know, I, I love um, kids and I would like to have kids one day, but n- not ready for it right now, but, you know... In, with a woman or a man or it doesn't matter? Um, probably, with, yeah, well, with a woman if I had kids. Mm-hmm. The book is Gender Madness. One man's devastating struggle with woke ideology and his battle to protect children. Well, I salute you for that. How many surgeries did you undergo? 32. Mm. I thought you were going to say six. <laughs> that six I, is just I, the I nose. by four-fifths. The book is up at DennisPrager.com. Gender Madness. 
Did you know that close to 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced outside of the U.S.? So what happens when the next global crisis strikes? Countries clamp down on exports, they stockpile, the prices of drugs rise, and the pharmaceutical shelves in America are empty. That's where the Wellness Company can help. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit holds eight life-saving medications that every American should keep in his or her home. If you have Tylenol, you should have this kit. The kit contains antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics like amoxicillin, ivermectin, z and more. It also includes a 22-page guidebook with instructions on safe usage. From benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events, every scenario is covered. Head to twc.health slash Prager and grab your medical emergency kit. That's twc.health slash Prager. Code Prager to save 10% at checkout. This is the emergency kit that you want to have on hand. Be safe, be prepared, and stay well. Kits are only available in the USA. I'm speaking to Oli London, who has led quite a life. You're now 34, is that correct? Uh, 33. 33. Mm-hmm. And as you can tell, he's from England. He's written a book coming out next week, actually, Gender Madness. And he, he went through transitioning, and now he is warning about this to young people. I guess anywhere they speak English. Exactly. I'm sure, you know, someone can translate me online into other countries. But I think this is really a westernized problem because we're seeing this in the United States. We see, you know, kids transitioning in Europe, but to a much lesser degree. But I think this is more of a Western problem because we don't, you know, you don't go to China and see kids on puberty That's blockers correct. or hormones because right. guess what? They're too busy training for the military or being patriotic and learning skills. So we see that distinction and it is a Western cultural problem. And America is kind of the the hotspot right now for all yes, of these kids. I'm, I'm embarrassed that that is mm, true. Mm-hmm. More toxic ideas coming from this country than any other right now. So, you described your family life and your father, and you believe that this contributed to not feeling comfortable in your body. Did you think at 14, did it enter your mind, May, maybe I'll become a woman? So I, you know, obviously grew up in a different time. So that was the early 2000s. So I wasn't really aware that there were possibilities to change. So again, if your world were like our world, you probably would have. Oh, 100%. I would 100%. 100%. But, you know, it was a different time back then. But I, I questioned myself because all of my friends, the few friends I had at school were girls. And I would like, you know, playing with Barbie dolls or I'd like the color pink. You know, I'd like makeup. So I was always more feminine. And that's one of the reasons I did get bullied a lot. But if I grew up now, I wouldn't have stood a chance. You know, I wouldn't have been able to go for a journey on my own. I would have been told by a therapist and a doctor, you are trans. We must affirm your gender and, you know, cut off your body parts. And it's happening to a lot of teenagers right now. You had you had thirty what surgeries? Thirty two in total over ten years. Mm-hmm. How did you pay for it? 
Um, so I used to be a personal shopper. So I talk about that in the book. I used to um, work with a lot of celebrities and luxury brands, dressing people for events. Um, and then I moved into, I have my own PR business. Um, and so helping influencers, you know, get publicity and magazine covers and magazine features. And then obviously I've become social media influencers. So I was getting a lot of um, TikTok brand deals, Instagram brand deals until I spoke out against this. And then I was getting canceled by all the brands because you're not allowed to go against the narrative, right? You have to always be pushing this kind of identity stuff. So as soon as I spoke up for kids and, you know, saying this is not fair and speaking up for parents, I was suddenly canceled. And a lot of brands actually dropped me because of that. So how are you making a living now? Um, so I do a lot of things. Um, so um, I still do my social media. I, you know, I write articles for different newspapers. Um, I do a lot of, you know, TV news shows in the UK, uh, talk shows as well. And I'm looking to start public speaking because I want to speak up on these issues. I think you know, people need to hear uh, from someone that's had this experience and, and hear, you know, what they've been through to try and kind of restore some common sense. The number of trans of trans kids now is is enormous compared to the past what do you think is happening so there's a variety of factors i mean i would call it a social contagion because we saw if we look at statistics which i talk about in the book we saw this kind of sharp increase in kids transitioning around the time of the pandemic and equally around the time that tiktok came about at the same time so you know we've seen um double mastectomy for instance there's over two billion views on um double mastectomies on tiktok so that's promoting teens cutting off their breasts basically and uh it has become a social media trend so kids that may um, you know, maybe lonely at school and they don't have friends or they're being bullied, they go on social media to try and seek validation and praise. So when they see someone that is showing their transition journey and they're getting that love and praise and validation, all kids want that because, you know, if you're a lone kid and you're bullied, you want love, you want validation. And that's part of what I went through as well. I was, you know, seeking validation. So, you know, I always used to get bullied even as an adult. So I was trying to change myself to try and almost be loved. So I think social media plays a huge part. Uh, woke education systems, you know, when teachers are teaching kindergarten teachers, and I speak to parents all the time and they tell me, you know, five-year-olds, six-year-olds are in class that they're teaching them about transgenderism and gender. You have, you know, LGBTQI plus library books targeting kids with kind of sexualized information and uh, gender ideology. So, you know, it's coming from a variety of factors, but I think social media is one of the driving forces. Is it, can it be summarized as I am an unhappy young person and the biggest reason is I'm in the wrong body? I think it's more we're living in a confused generation. So, you know, teens go on TikTok or Instagram to seek validation, right? So if you get a large number of likes, it's almost affirming that you're beautiful, you're amazing. And you know, when kids are lacking that, they see an influencer, someone like Dylan Mulvaney, who I'm, you know, very vocally criticizing because I think they are harming a lot of young people with their messaging. And, uh, you know, kids want that validation. They want the likes, they want the comments, and it gives them that serotonin hit. So I think when they see this trans trend being pushed so heavily they think you know this is a trend this is cool if i become trans you know all my unhappiness is going to disappear and what happens when you transition or announce your non-binary or whatever the community around them will praise them you know you're incredible they'll affirm them and normally these kids they wouldn't have got any attention before they wouldn't have got any validation so suddenly they're being loved you're 
stunning you're brave and they're praising these kids so these kids are being affirmed in their new identity and pushed to you know continue down this path what percentage of girls who have their breasts cut off well, come, come to regret it um, so the most of the research is actually done by the gender clinic, so it is very biased. But I can tell you there was a study in Finland at the top gender clinic. It's called Tampia University in Helsinki, and they found around 80% plus of teens grew out of severe gender dysphoria. So right. these teens that were transitioned, you know, they grew out of it into adulthood. 80%? Uh, from this Finland study, over 80%. Mm-hmm. The book is Gender Madness. Only London. If you have questions, one eight Prager seven seven six. I'm speaking with Oli London, who has traveled quite a distance in his life he's 34 correct 33 33 and his book again gender madness so he uh he transitioned for a year and he had a long period of being uncomfortable with with his body were you uncomfortable with your body or just uncomfortable with life or both um, it was both. I really developed a self-hatred of myself. So, you know, when I was a teen, I would look in the mirror and be so critical. And, you know, I tried to make myself vomit so I wouldn't have to go to school and try to pretend to be sick because I hated myself that much. And I was terrified of people's opinions of me. So it was more about, you know, society around because me. Because you had a feminine aspect. I was very feminine and hence I was singled out by kids uh, and mm-hmm. these bullies. Mm-hmm. I I understand. And... And, and as we said earlier, if if this happened a few years ago when you were a teenager, you would have definitely undergone mm. transitioning. The study you cited from Finland, mm-hmm. 80% regret having transitioned? Is that what they so said? So the study said around over 80% of teens that have very severe gender dysphoria, that's like the most... Um, difficult they basically were convinced that they were the opposite gender when they became adults and went into adolescence that disappeared and they started to live a normal life and become themselves there's also a canadian doctor oh so mm. they, these were they had gender dysphoria but they didn't necessarily transition um some of them were being treated yes so some of them at this clinic that did the study right. they were so being it in, treated. but it includes both groups correct mm-hmm. in other mm-hmm. words overwhelmingly people grow out of gender dysphoria So to do anything permanent that alters their life and body is wrong. Correct. And then, you know, all of the studies that uh, claim there's a very low number of detransitioners, guess what? All of these studies are conducted by the clinics that perform these surgeries. Of course, I know. know, Like the world, what is that? That world, what is the name of that group? The the world's largest uh, W something. Anyway, that's... The Human Rights Campaign, maybe. No, no. No. Mm. I'll get the name. But Mm -hmm. it's... That's that's who they get their data from. That's who the New York Times gets its data from. Right. They get it from activists. Mm-hmm. And the same with the Associated Press, which is what most media use for their news source, right? That is controlled, basically, by the trans activists. You have lobby groups like the Human Rights Campaign that you know, go around to these companies and organizations and give them a, a DEI or Corporate Equality Index score based on how 
you know trans inclusive they are and you know they push this language that you know makes women the enemy that makes parents the enemy and that you know anyone that dares to question doing this to kids is suddenly a bigot and hateful so you know the the mainstream media is pushing this narrative i have no doubt that there are people listening right now whose child has just said to them whose daughter let's say because it's usually a girl Mm -hmm. she's 11 and she says Mom, Dad, if there is a dad, Mom, Dad, I'm a boy. What should they say? Well, I get parents messaging me every single day with this scenario. And, you know, they don't know what to do because, you know, parents just want the best for their kids. But parents need to speak to their kids and say, look, you are a teenager. Teenagers go through all sorts of different emotions and feelings. Um, Some teenagers, they want to be a goth. Some people want to be an emo. Some people want to be a pirate. Or some kids want to be a dinosaur for the day. But it doesn't mean we go around, you know, chopping their body parts off to affirm that identity. So I think, you know, parents just need to uh, speak to their kids and say, look, you know, everything that you're feeling right now is is mostly because you're a teenager going through puberty things always get better and also parents need to be aware of what is being taught in schools because um you know i know a lot of parents um kindergartens you know five-year-olds six years old they're coming back from school telling you know mom i was taught today about this thing that i can change my gender i can be trans you know so parents need to really see what's going on at schools and on social media and keep a track of that because you know kids are being influenced by that you know so that's a very important thing to look out for. It certainly is. Folks, it's August and it's fundraising month because my birthday is in August. That's why we picked it. As of this week, whatever you give is doubled. Some donors have made sure that they would double anything you give. If you're worried about America and the West, we're one of the best investments you can make. PragerU.com, 833-PRAGERU. Again, whatever you give will be doubled. I'm speaking with Oli London. His book, Gender Madness, is up at DennisPrager.com. The phone number for this is 18-PRAGER-776. <laughs> My guest is not used to commercials on the BBC. The, I, I remember my one year in England, all I thought when I listened to the radio was, wow, they don't, they don't interrupt the show. Of course, that's why they don't have talk radio. See, that's the point. So, if yes, if all if you want the BBC alone, you don't pay for it. Well, you pay in your taxes, but you don't pay for it through ads. Only London, who is from England, gender madness. He's gone through this and has written about it and now warns young people about it. To his great credit. Did you lose friends as a result of this? I've lost a lot of friends. I actually lost one of my best friends that I've been friends with for 10 years. And basically, you know, they called me transphobic. And, you know, I'm I'm not transphobic. I'm not anything phobic. I'm just speaking facts that, you know, don't do this to kids. Uh, I want to speak up for parents. And I think, you know, women's spaces should also be respected. So, for instance, you know, women's sports, you cannot have a biological male that has an advantage. 
in a women's category. So, you know, I've spoken up about that and I've lost a lot of friends. I am actually blacklisted from certain places in the UK, like in restaurants and bars, because the UK is becoming very woke and I cannot physically eat in certain restaurants. And I don't think... Oh, that's I, worse than America. That, I know. That we don't have that. We we have that... And in, I'm actually on a list. These Some of these... There are restaurants like that. Yeah, and some... You know, I don't, I don't drink alcohol, but some bars... Uh, you know, my friends go to these bars and I am actually on a list and I don't even go to these bars. And just because... See, my views, this is a good example. If, if there were talk radio in Britain like this, mm. we would announce the names of those bars mm-hmm. and then they would be picketed. Mm. See, you don't have that, though. There's no vehicle like that. We have one. It's called talk radio. Mm. There's a, we have the, the most woke and the most anti-woke. Mm-hmm. The battle in, for civilization is taking place largely in America. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, 100%. I mean, the UK, look, the majority of people are against transitioning kids and the, about respecting women, but they don't speak up about it. They're silent because they're scared because they see the hate campaigns against people like J.K. Rowling or Helen Joyce that simply speak up for facts, you know, that men cannot menstruate, men cannot get pregnant, you know, just a fact, and they get uh, severe hate campaigns and death threats every day. So when people see that, they are scared to speak out but you know, i think that's why what i'm doing i'm i'm not scared to speak up because i think i need to open that doorway to help other people you know get that courage to speak up because at the end of the day this is happening to kids women are losing their spaces and their rights uh in sports in restrooms in spas and it's not right so i think in the uk the general consensus most people are against all of this woke stuff but they're very fearful of speaking out instead of getting cancelled but america is of course the issues are more extreme here but you do have a big move movement that is against all this and a big movement that you know has the courage to speak out against it that's right it's uh, they're they're both happening here i i'm curious do you look at your life as having been more difficult than most people's lives um, to be honest, now, you know, now I actually count my blessings every day. So I'm very grateful when I wake up, I realize, you know, I'm happy to still be here because I you know, could have easily died during these operations because the more times you go under anesthetic, the more risks you put your body through. Um, so you have an increased... again, 32. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have an increased risk of... Oh, 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 mm. Okay, wait, wait. I, mm. I interrupted you uh, mm-hmm. because I have a, I have a question mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go back to... Uh, how you look at your life mm-hmm. did any of these doctors like at at surgery number 25 ever say to you Oli maybe maybe you shouldn't be doing this I had doctors in the UK that say that so that's why I didn't get any surgeries in the UK and you know at the time I was in that mindset that i will do this no matter what people say whoever tries to stop me i was dead set on it so i actually went to you know countries like armenia or turkey where the doctors were you know just wanted money right so they don't check you know the psychologist appointment or anything it's literally a fast track some of them i found oh that's interesting that's Mm. where you went armenia and turkey Um, i mean i've had surgery in china as well and in korea but um you know I, i went to countries where the standards, well, you know, the, the hospitals were good in some cases, but the, you know, the, the standards for the appointments, you know, it was easy to be, be fast tracked and just get the surgery without all the questions. Mm. I'm glad I asked that question. Back to your life. You're grateful every day. Mm-hmm. Grateful for what exactly? 
Well, I'm just grateful to still be here, but I'm also, you know, I, I feel grateful that I've been able to have that clarity in my life, which I didn't have for the vast majority of my life and actually have some perspective that, you know what, I've been through these things. Uh, it was bad and I'm, I'm glad I've got through it, but I need to learn from these things. So every scar I have on my face is a lesson that I've right. learned. To and, be honest, I don't see mm. any scars on your face. Mm-hmm. I, I've got a little bit of foundation, but this, uh, you see this white thing here, that's a hairline lowering surgery. For the facial feminization, I have scarring. Wait, you had a hairline lowering surgery? I had all sorts of uh, weird surgeries. You know, I had my eyebrow well, bone I'm, shaved. I, I, mm. I know each word, but I mm. don't understand what you're saying. So that your hair would go further down your forehead? Correct. So I, when I did... They can do that? They can do anything. <laughs> they can really do anything. And um, that was part of the facial feminization. Alan, have you considered one? <laughs> <laughs> They could do anything these days, yeah. And you had that? Could, yes. I mean, that, I have to admit, 32 plastic surgeries is... So give me another example of one. Um, so actually, when I did the facial feminization, I had 11 procedures in one day. So you know, I went under knife and I basically changed everything. So I had two chin surgeries. I actually have titanium screws in my chin to keep it in place. Uh, in my cheeks, I have titanium screws because I had my cheekbones shaved to make it more soft and feminine. Um, the jaw, I actually had a jaw surgery and I wasn't able to speak or eat properly for two weeks. I was on a liquid diet and you know, I put myself through hell and it was almost a form of self-harm at the time, you know, because I was so struggling with my identity and mental health and it was a form of self-harm and you know, I'm just thankful that I've overcome that now. Wow. Mm. Well, his story and his outlook are all contained in Gender Madness, the book. It is up at DennisPrager.com. Oli London, you're doing important work. Try to take some calls. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager, and I hope you had a good weekend. I just had a guy who transitioned and regretted it. What a life he has lived. God, the amount of luck in life is painful. Religious people are not happy when I say that, and I totally understand that. So what is my choice? To believe that God willed this this kid in, in London... He's now a 33-year-old, but when he was a kid. To have a father who mocked him and that he had feminine traits and other kids mocked him. So he wasn't sure what he was. Boy, girl, got 32 surgeries. His titanium in his chin and his cheeks to look more feminine. What's my what's my line? If pain were water, the world would drown. You should really count your blessings, folks. Who was this? Uh, Helen Joyce was she making the point about this built-in constituency now? Yeah, it's an interesting and, and totally accurate point. There is now a 
growing constituency of fervent true believers. It's somewhat redundant. A true believer, by definition, is fervent, but nevertheless, I use the term. These fervent true believers in trans, because they have encouraged their child, mostly out of fear of the child's reaction if they didn't go along, they have gone along with their child's transition. And even if the child detransitions, they are often, what are they going to say? We, we ruined you, kid? Yeah, honey, we, we, we got the surgeon to take your breasts off. Where was I just reading? Oh, my God, I was just reading an article. Maybe, maybe you're familiar with it. Someone who was uh, preparing to get top surgery, to be a boy, to be a man. Be a, I don't, okay. It is mind-boggling. It, it is, we live in, in a sick, sick, sick age. Madness has taken over. That a woman is on in, on the internet just counting the days till she can have her breasts removed. Somebody wrote recently about women who've had double mastectomies because they had cancer, breast cancer, and how they must feel. You have healthy breasts, and you're going to do that? God, it's it's a pathology that we have not seen, maybe since the Salem witch trials, which were far, far less, far less spread than this. I wonder if you've heard about the gay man, gay black man in, uh, was it Brooklyn? Or was it, what part of, what part of New York was this? The Bronx? Doesn't matter really. But, uh, yeah, it was in Brooklyn. And he was, he was stabbed to death. Black gay man. And it was reported, but there are so many murders in New York, you know, how many can you report? But it was barely reported in the mainstream press that it was a Muslim who did it. So here is Douglas Murray, the great thinker, and he is a great thinker. Was it The War Against the West? Is that his book? And I've had him on, he's done PragerU videos, and he loves Bruckner which means little to most of you, but a lot to me. It is strange that O'Shea Sibley, that was the gay black, or black gay. Which do you use, black gay or gay black? That O'Shea Sibley's killing has not had more attention. Every life matters, but Sibley happened to be black and gay. Normally, either of these things, let alone both, would attract serious attention from the media and campaign groups. Yet while the killing was widely reported as a hate crime, it is the wrong sort of hate crime. 
one that doesn't fit the dominant enforced narrative of our time. Had the group who confronted Sibley and his friends been white and shouted that they didn't like gay people or black people, this country would be in meltdown right now. Every presidential candidate would be condemning it. All the community groups who make a profession out of campaigning against hate, quote-unquote, would be in full fundraising mode. The New York Times would have cleared the pages for days of reflections on what this said about America. But that's not what happened. It's from the New York Post. Here's what happened according to the people who were there. One of the friends who was with Sibley when he was murdered posted a photo on social media of the bloodied sidewalk and wrote, They hated us because we are gay. Screaming, we Muslim and we don't like gays. As we are innocently pumping gas and y'all decided to stab one of us. Hashtag justice. Perhaps the media were simply cautious about reporting this, given that it was only one eyewitness. Yet there was a second witness who was spoken to a local website. An employee at the gas station said that the flamboyant behavior of Sibley and his friends offended the other group because the other group were Muslims. Here's what the gas station employee said. These people were like, we're Muslims. I don't want you dancing. The gay people, they were not trying to fight. Yet these facts don't fit the narrative. The victim was gay and black. The perpetrators were Muslim. Just like, by the way, at the uh, was it Orlando bar years ago, the gay bar, it was a Muslim. Who did it? How many people know that? Our era is obsessed with hate crimes. So much so that it seems that in places, it seems that, so much so that it seems them in places, I don't, uh, there must be a typo here. It seems that in places where they are don't even happen. Yet last Saturday in Brooklyn was a hate crime and the media are actually covering it up. All because Sibley's assailants were not hood-wearing members of the KKK or MAGA hat-wearing Republicans. Instead, they come from another group that our media identifies as a victim class. The fact that the, man, that the men were Muslim is why the media has been actively dishonest in reporting. Despite the story going around the world, the New York Times has written about the case but it has not bothered to inform its readers of why Sibley bled out on a Brooklyn sidewalk. Had the Times had even a whiff of this being a white-on-gay hate crime, they wouldn't have waited for one eyewitness, let alone two. They would have told all, this is about the New York Times, the Pravda of our time. They would have told all, speculated about everything, and asked what this said about this country and everyone in it. 
But because the identity and motive of the perpetrators are an awkward glitch in that paper's big narrative, the Times simply covered over the facts. The Guardian went one worse. That paper quoted Sibley's friend, who I quoted above, but they actually edited out the detail about the attackers being Muslim. The Guardian. Truth is not a left-wing value. Period. This is an incredible story of a black gay guy stabbed to death at a Brooklyn gas station. And the mainstream media don't report that it was Muslims Muslims, who did it and who, uh, Muslims who hated gays. I, I'm not telling you that all Muslims hate gays. I'm telling you, this is about the media. This is not about Muslims. Okay? Just want to make that clear. Can you imagine if white MAGA hat wearers had uh, murdered this black gay guy? We would have uh, national, international attention paid. New York Times, what did they say, did, didn't even mention it? Is that right, that they were Muslim? Is that what he said about the Times? Let's see. The, the Times simply covered over the facts. This is Douglas Murray, one of the leading writers of our time in the New York Post. Now listen Again, I'm telling you, I, this was all news to me. The Guardian, this major British left-wing paper, big, big site for news. They quoted Sibley's friend, who I quoted, that is I, Douglas Murray, the author of this piece. Sibley is the one murdered. But they actually edited out the detail about the attackers being Muslims and the words they used. <laughs> oh, God. What do you think of that, my friends? That's, a, that's really something. The most that newspapers could bring itself, that newspaper could bring itself to say, was that an eyewitness said the perpetrators mentioned, quote, defending the religious beliefs. Their religious beliefs. I can't believe it. They they didn't say what religion their religious beliefs were, so it leads you to think it's Christians who did it. Apparently, dancing to Beyonce can be an assault on some people's religious beliefs. But whose? The Guardian wouldn't tell you. It is happy to leave its readers with the impression that white Christian rednecks or Orthodox Jews might have carried out the killing. That's the Guardian. Uh, I don't know why this does not delegitimize the Guardian. Why this alone doesn't do that. Shamefully, this is really... And by the way, Douglas Murray is gay, just for the record. Shamefully, the gay press has done the same. In their usual betrayal of the people they claim to speak for, I want to dwell on that for one moment. This is a very important point. 
left-wing activist groups use people to push their left-wing agenda. The gay activists use gays. The black activists use blacks. And that's the way it works. The, the, the women's activists use women. Communists use workers. That's the way it works. And the vast majority of those people go right along with it. Mm-hmm. Did any black groups say defund the police? If a black group said defund the police or a black group is against school choice, how is it exactly pro-black? Shamefully, the gay press has done the same in their usual betrayal of the people they claim to speak for. Gay rights groups have reacted to the story by helping to cover it up. Some gay groups have even tried to link the killing to recent debacles, excuse me, recent debates about transgender issues. What does that have to do with anything? Ignoring the fact that the men at the Brooklyn gas station seem to have been more influenced by the views of the founder of Islam than the governor of California. Wow. Obviously, such false reporting is another reason why so many people don't trust the media these days. But this cover-up also displays an appalling cowardice because we should be able to look facts on the face in the face. But that's not true. Because truth is not a left-wing value, how could they possibly look facts in the face? Nobody should be murdered because of who they are but nor should a murderer be given cover because of who they are. That's right. America shouldn't be divided by groups, and evil evil shouldn't be divided by groups either. Anybody might be a victim of hate, and anyone from any group, even a minority, might be a perpetrator. Ponder that, and we'll do this one victim at least. A fragment of the justice he deserves. That's a good one. Good piece. Douglas Murray. Yeah. The educational process and mainstream media have lied so much that they have to cover up their lies. If a guy cheats on his wife, it, he can't tell one lie. There's no, there's no such thing as one lie. When you, when you cover up, you have to do more. The lie that all whites are racist is a lie, and you have to then lie constantly, like the Guardian. and the death of a gay black man. You stay by my side you you kept on the lights and you know just what to say. My favorite part of August is the 
fundraising aspect for PragerU, not the fundraising itself, but having young members of Prager Force, that's the PragerU Young People's Organization, on the show. And it gives you real hope for the future when you meet these people. So here's Kate Klein. She's entering her senior year at college. She's active in TPUSA as well as PragerU. And Kate, pleasure to meet you again, because apparently we've met. Yes, we have. I've met you at a few of the last conferences, and I was actually at the Shutdown LA, one of the first Shutdown LA rallies, and I met you there. You went to that at City Hall? I was. Yes, I was there. I met you and Will Witt there. Wow. So which was more exciting, Will or me? (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to answer that. I just... I just love it. Was, uh, I was pretty young, so it was nice to be. It was my first really experience with politics, so it was amazing to get to hear you guys. Well, I, I'm telling you, uh, I remember that rally really well. It was in the heaviest part of the lockdown, and we mm-hmm. gathered maskless, and I hugged as many people as possible, which drove the left crazy. They mocked me because I wasn't afraid of COVID. And I never got vaccinated, and I thought it was evil to shut down businesses. You, there weren't many young people there. I salute you. Thank you. It was it was really neat to be able to listen to everything, especially because um, I'm actually in high school, but as I was going into community college, um, all of the community colleges in California were requiring vaccination. So I was constantly surrounded by the constant fear of COVID. And it was nice just to be able to listen to other people who had the same beliefs as me outside of my family. And How did you even know about the rally? Um, I believe we found out about it on Facebook. Oh, very interesting. By the way, then, did you ever get vaccinated? I did not. I did not. We were able to find some sort of loopholes, and I did all of my college classes online, and I did some out of state. So I was able to get around that. And, and what's the story now? Can you go to class now? So, yes, now a lot of them have repealed, but I'm still doing most of my classes online and now, but I can go in person. But I also go to my school, luckily never required them. So, Do you want to say the name or rather not? Um, Yeah, so I was looking mostly at Saddleback College or IBC or Vine Valley College, and those were the ones that were requiring it. But I go to a homeschool learning center called Pacific Coast Learning Center, and throughout the entirety of COVID, they never required masks. Yeah, I would think that. So mm-hmm. uh, it says on your bio that you're Jewish and yes. you're conservative and and you're female. Do you understand that you are as rare as a three-legged horse? Absolutely. I met somebody else at a recent conference that was also young Jewish and female and conservative. And I was like, you are one of the very few people I've ever met. I have a running tally of how many I've met. That's it's, funny. It's <laughs> yes, it's like a collection of rare coins. Exactly. So, uh, why, so were you raised conservative? I was raised very much with the ideas of I was given the facts, and I was told these are the facts, and think of it what you will. And eventually, as I started to grow older, that really inspired my uh, passion for debate. So I kind of became conservative because I had the facts and I was able to discuss with my parents from a really young age, just around the dinner table. We would always discuss. Well, the moment they say, here are the facts or find the facts, it's a giveaway. It's conservative. 
Because yes. no, and I mean that. I mean that literally. Because mm-hmm. leftism is follow your heart, not follow the facts. Exactly, and the facts are what is so necessary for a society to actually be educated. So, what's your theory on why there are so few conservative Jews your age? I think it's because you have a lot of youth groups and a lot of um, temples around the nation are just very liberal. And so because they are, they kind of just pass it on. I went to my first youth group that I ever went to. I was serving on the board. And our first meeting, we all sat down and they asked us to go around and share our pronouns. That was the first thing they said to us at the oh. Jewish youth group. And so I think it's... OMG. Yes, and that was back in 2021. I'm blown away. (laughs) Did anybody have anything other than what they appeared? Oh, yes. There there was quite a few people like that. So I think it... There were quite a few who said they? Yes. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. And so... Oh, God, is that sad. It is, and it makes me sad for the Jewish religion that uh, there's so many of us that believe that, and... Wow. Are you dating? I am not. Why? Um, I am very um, strong in dating a Jewish person mostly, or for now. Um, and it's been very hard to find a Jewish conservative out there. So That's why I asked you the question. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not surprised the answer was no. <laughs> It's sad. It's just sad. It is. And it's like I would be absolutely willing to discuss someone who's wanting to, or wanting, I would absolutely be willing to debate someone who's willing to discuss and date someone who's willing to discuss. But unfortunately, a lot of people on the other side aren't willing to discuss. How did, you, to- how did you discover PragerU? I discovered PragerU from a very young age. My grandparents were involved in it, and um, they had always been watching all the videos, and they kind of shared it with me from a very young age. I just grew up watching the videos. Oh, how nice. I ask almost every uh, guest uh, in August, do you have a favorite PragerU video? I would absolutely say well, the one I watched, I think it was one of my first videos, is one of the five-minute videos that was describing the difference between liberalism and leftism because that's something oh, that it, that's so mine. people don't know. That's a Dennis <laughs> video. Yes. Yes, and that's very important, important so isn't important it? To yes. If liberals realized it, the country would be fine. Uh-huh. Well. Absolutely. The classic liberals have, they are most, they want to discuss and they want to learn. And they, I agree with a lot of their ideas, not all of them, but I agree with a lot of them. And it's just, it's the issue of leftism and people not realizing the difference and calling everybody a liberal, which is not what it is. Because then it gets confusing for the people Mm -hmm. who are actual liberals. Well, you're a joy and I hope we'll meet again. I really do. Awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. These are special young people. No question about it. Well, help us make millions more of them. Tomorrow, I'm going to play for you videos of young blacks watching Candace Owens on PragerU on slavery, and you will see their minds change. That's what we do. 
We need your help. PragerU.com or call 833-PRAGERU. Or is it 822? 833-833. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds, like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.